Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to Dig Deep. All things faith, all things parenting, all things emotional processing. Family, I know, I know it's been so long, but guess what? I've been working. Um, I have a few podcasts lined up for you. Uh, the podcast that I'm about to share is very special. I have a, our very first guest speaker. His name is Yashan uh, of Yashan Speaks. And um, I'm going to be playing the audio from an Instagram live that we did together this past Thursday. That would have been April 13th. So I want you guys to get your journals, get ready to take notes, get ready to dig deep i'm so excited to share god bless you guys enjoy tonight i am so excited to have our very first um guest speaker yashan um, of yashan speaks and we're going to be talking a little bit about um, rejection and how it impacts us um, as adults and then we're probably going to delve in a little bit to how he's a dad and we're going to um, tap in a little bit to how um, you know maybe the how it has impacted his parenting um, so as you know uh, safe space is all about helping parents heal and um, you know just be being able to focus on their own emotional and mental well-being um, so that they can effectively parent their children. We're trying to, um, and my heart behind this is to try to help heal generational trauma, generational wounds, um, so that parents can really be present um, for the children that's, be- that's before them and not paring- parenting them from a wounded space. Um, I shared before that this all started for me, this journey of working in community-based mental health and you know in community-based mental health your my primary clients were the children but i quickly noticed that i could not effectively impact the kids without doing some work with the parents and a lot of um, the symptoms that the kids were experiencing um, were because of unhealed wounds in the parents and um you know it just really lit a passion in me to really really partner with parents um, so that they can work through their own trauma um, and so that they can effectively parent their kids. There's a scripture that talks about us being able to remove um, the log in our own eyes so that we can you know, be able to pick the speck from our brothers. So that's what uh, the heart behind Safe Space Parenting. We want to help parents create safe spaces for their children to thrive by first you know, addressing their own wounds and their own traumas. So, without any further ado, I'm going to invite you, Sean, and have him share a little bit about himself. Let me see if I can do this. Yay! <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> so, let me tell y'all about you, Sean. You, Sean, is at the airport. 
Okay. He just literally got off of a flight. Yeah. Um, but he did not want to miss tonight. Um, I told him, <laughs> I told him that his yes is a yes, and I really, really appreciate that. I really appreciate him um, coming on. Yeah. I wanted to invite him on because I feel like what we do is so aligned. Yeah. Listening to his podcast, and yeah. I was like, yes. <laughs> Yes. So he's going to share a little bit about himself and yeah. what you do. We both are faith-based, mm-hmm. um, are Christians, and we both, um, you know, uh, work from that lens. Yep. And so just excuse us if you hear a little bit of noise in his background. Yeah. Fine, you know, you know, just. I'll just let before we do that I just want to also invite Holy Spirit because we want him to be a part of this conversation so we just welcome you Holy Spirit and we just invite you into this conversation in Jesus name amen amen so Yashan you could go ahead and take the floor awesome um so you wanted me to start with just uh, a little bit of who I am and kind of what I do Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm Yashan Okenye, and um, I'm a Christian life coach. I'm a pastor, uh, prophet, soon-to-be author one day. Um, oh. and, but, you know, all those titles really don't mean anything to me. Above all, I'm just a son, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a church where, you know, you had to have to be this and be that. But now I find so much joy in just being Abba's child, and uh, that's the greatest sentiment and um title that I could ever place on my identity and helping helping Christian men and women heal and I love that we're aligned Panjay in that that we both are working in this space from different angles but ultimately for the same cause and the same end and uh, I'm thankful that I could be on the floor with y'all today in the airport (laughs) took my shoes off just got comfortable because you know what kingdom work that's that's what it is, Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom, and I don't care if I'm I'm tired. No, there, there there's a joy, there's a strength that comes supernaturally from the Holy Spirit when we do the things that are impacting others' lives. So thank you, Kanjay, for allowing me to be on this. This is like this is awesome. I'm just so excited to be here. Yes, thank you so much for your yes. I was giving him so many outs, like, you know, we could reschedule, uh, you know, let's adjust the time. But he right. was like, nope, I'm going to sit on this floor and yep. we're going to work it out. I'm going to find a spot. We're going to figure, figure it out. We're going to figure it out. So I really right. honor you and I honor um, just oh, your Oh, thank you, Um, So much. So um, I just want to also welcome those who are chiming in. I see Paul Marlowe. Exhale and Queen Esther. So welcome, guys. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we pray that you are blessed by what we have to share. Um, so, Yashan, um, I wanted you to go ahead and just share with us a little bit of um, your journey. A, a huge part of Safe Space is yeah. just helping um, individuals heal from emotional neglect or emotional um, mm-hmm. you know, trauma. And there yeah. was a quote that I found um, by the uh, developmental behavioral uh, pediatrics that um, gave a definition for emotional neglect that I really liked. It says that yeah. it can be defined as a relationship pattern in which an individual's uh, affectional needs are consistently disregarded, ignored, mm. invalidated, 
people are unappreciated by a significant yeah. and for us we're more so looking at the space of parents who are you know our, our nurturer you you talk a little bit about the roles mm -hmm. of a father and the roles of a mom and we yeah. kind of have similar teaching in that respect so Right. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey and, um, you know, your journey with your parents and the emotional neglect or the rejection that you feel like you experienced. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a household where church was paramount. My dad's Nigerian. My mom's African-American. And so, um, you know, church is re really important. Um, and my dad came out of tribalism, so my grandmother did a lot of things on the other side, um, what I would call occult darkness. And so he he understood the, the power of the blood of Jesus, and that helped to bring him out of that world of, you know, all the things that's on the other side of that. And so, um, you know, so he really dived deep, and, you know, it was it was it was like a, a way to try to connect with God in the ways that they knew how. But I always say I had great parents, but they they were there physically, but emotionally they were disconnected, and um, they didn't know how to. They didn't have the tools. They didn't have the resources to be able to love me at the core of my being. And so um, when I ended up being, hey, I'm seeing some of my clients pop in here. I want to. Hey, y'all. <laughs> um, but no, um, I, my dad was amazing. And in his own way, definitely, you know, tried to, to try to be loving and affectionate, but he just didn't have the tools. And uh, hopefully my connection is still good. Um, but so that, that really late, that caused me to grow up with this wound or this hole, one of the holes in my soul um was 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 that rejection because i really needed to feel protected i needed to feel heard i needed to feel seen um and i didn't get that from from them uh you know fathers they at the core of course there are multiple jobs that dad does but at the core we see these elements of provision protection and security and then for mothers we see the three elements of nurture comforting and teaching and so my mom didn't get that she just you know she was she would just yell i always say on my podcast too when i lost my job my mom yelled god god got something better for you you know <laughs> she was like he don't want you to work for nobody else and i was just like why are you so harsh like what who who hurt you <laughs> I was like, mom, who hurt you? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want, you know, <laughs> but that was, that was, you know, and I, I got used to the abuse. So I, I would just laugh it off, you know, cause how, you don't know what else to do. But as I got older and I got into relationships with women, I realized like, yo, I'm choosing relationships based on my relationship with my mother. And so trauma bond relationships and, you know, I'm I'm so used to this abuse that I'm allowing other women and, and I, I'm primarily black women because that's all I, you know, that's all what I what I had a preference for. And so but I, had to, I just kept allowing myself to be verbally assaulted, verbally abused. And it, it I don't like when culture tries to classify it based on a race, because this is not about race. It's about culture. It's about it's about trauma in the family. 
And that spirit really has to be dealt with at the core, that spirit of rejection, that, that orphan spirit. Um, the opposite of a son is an orphan. Yeah. Orphans don't feel loved and accepted. So um, that's what it looked like for me to have that encounter. Again, they were physically there, paid the bills and did what they knew how to do. But emotionally, there were so many other components that I needed. Um, and I wish I would have had the language and the voice to be able to say, hey, I needed you here. Mm -hmm. I, I needed you in this way. Um, I needed different I needed a different experience than what I got. But I didn't I didn't have the language or the voice at that time. And so what you're doing and the work you're trying to do, even this conversation of educating parents and educating future wives and future husbands, this this is really powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think from my experience of working with others, too, I mean, as adults, as we start doing our own inner healing work, um, we I, I've, I've heard the saying that children are great observers, but poor interpreters. And you don't know as a child that, you know, your parents have all of this growing going on. And so your interpretation of it um, based off of their history um, you know, it makes us feel like you said, unloved. It makes us feel rejected. We don't know that what they have going on has nothing to do with us, but we're just on the receiving end of um, their trauma. So for you now as a dad, um, do you feel like you were um, able to kind of do, um, like how, what was your process like to, I know you mentioned that you were dealing with other women and you realized that there was a trauma bond. What was that light bulb moment for you? Yeah, I think um, that's a great question. And I think the first time I had heard that God wanted to be my father was almost seven years now. Um, and I had, I had been listening to who was, someone we both follow, Dr. Faith at the time, and she's just been amazing. But this was back in the Periscope days. So this goes like way, way back in the ancient days. And I remember hearing her talk about the God as a father. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, Pentecostal church, all we talked about was Jesus name baptism and Jesus, 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 Jesus. And so I'm like, could it be that they, that you know, I've always heard about, you know, God, but I didn't hear it in the lens of God being my dad. And so that really took me, opened the door, hearing those conversations opened the door for me to see, like, okay, I've, I've been wounded in this area. I've been seemingly trying to do religion for so many years, because, you know, if we don't have the right theology, our theology becomes religion. And so trying to go to church and do work to receive love, right? People please to receive love. Um, that's, again, part of that orphan spirit is maybe if I do this, I'll, I'll be received. Or if I do that, I'll be received. And so, um, but then the, that's when the light bulb went off. I would say it was probably about seven years ago when I began hearing that. And, and the one thing that really left an imprint was Matthew chapter six and verse 19 before they jesus is telling his disciples or like teach us how to pray and so he's like when you talk to god he doesn't need you to come high deity high most sovereign he knows who he is he needs you to come hey dad you know and so i had read that prayer for years kanji 
and miss so, so much weight and so much authority and so much meat of the of those first two words he said start our father who is in heaven and i will never forget when back when at the time faith had coached me she said don't run past that just stay there and i just remember being bawling because for the first time the light bulbs that went off even when jesus says i'm the way truth and the life he's saying i'm the bridge my job was to bring you home to papa and restore the relationship that you lost in the garden with the very manifest presence of the father. And so now we get to be in the presence of the father in the airport. I can go in and <laughs> I mean, wherever we are. And so I'll pause there, but that was when that light bulb moment happened for me that God is not one to mm. be a deity amongst all the other deities of the world, yeah. Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, mm -hmm. whoever he, that's what yeah, makes yeah. this, different he wants to be dad yeah oh that's so good that's so good i actually have um, a ministry that I'm, I'm trying to work on called meant the devotional because um and i imagine that even what one of um one of my light bulbs was my mom was the one that was a little bit more rigid and strict and i felt i wanted her um affection but you know often felt rejected you know nothing was good enough and so um i went through this uh christian based uh counseling called advanced discipleship training and we have this uh, thing that we do called the, uh, the flesh programming, how your flesh is programmed and it's programmed based off of your early childhood experiences and the rejection and the hurt and the pain um, that you experience and the things that you do to cope. So the performance, performing, um, isolating, um, just the different things that we do when we start feeling rejected. And I didn't realize um, I was reading off some of the I am statements that were supposed to be for my mom. Sorry, that was supposed to be for God. But as I was reading, I noticed that that was my mom. <laughs> you know, it was my mom. Everything that I was reading was actually how my mom made me feel. And it wasn't how God made me, how God was. And so I wonder... Um, for you, I think that's for me, uh, shift the game in terms of like knowing God as Papa, starting that journey. And lament is all about being free to just express your feelings and being able to cry out um, to God. You know, I often think about uh, Job. Um, this whole thing is shifting into something else, but we're going to flow with it. <laughs> but anyway... Um, I guess I want to ask you, um, in addition to the performance, because um, those are some of the ways that um, we might, do, some of the things that we might do to cope uh, with uh, rejection. What are some other ways that you've, you observed during that time that you learned, ways that you learned to cope with, with um, rejection or meeting your own needs? Yeah. So, I mean, man, part of my, the, I would say the majority and the, the devil is a lie because they, I moved all the way to the opposite end of the airport. And now all of a sudden the, the carousel wants to turn on beside me, but we're going to work with, but, <laughs> but I say that to simply say that, you know, I had to unlearn so much Christianity that I had learned that was really what I thought was healthy doctrine was religious doctrine. And so I had to learn that to receive the father's love, 
I couldn't no longer perform. You know, the church, the traditional black church was like, okay, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do that. That was my experience. And so having to, God put me in a church like Hillsong, um, where, where I didn't have to do any performing. I didn't, I just got to be. And I remember when my coach said, this is your season of not doing, but your season of being. And so it's hard to sit with yourself and not do when you've been doing for years, you know, and the, and the, the lie is I have to, again, perform. I have to work for it. Um, one of the strongholds in my life was a major lie that I was in agreement with. I, was, I mean, I signed my name on the contract. And that was that God, God will love me more if I do more or God will love me more. Like I'm, I'm going to be received more if I'm doing more. And God was like, no, I love you. Look at the prodigal. He, I mean, his, his, he messed up so big. But he, he didn't get a ring and a coat and his shoes and a barbecue because he was so perfect. He got it because he was just a son. And proximity causes you to receive, receive the blessings. And so because he's connected as a son, and you, because you're connected as a son, you have access. And so God's not, not blessing me or, because, or I don't need to work harder. But God's probably not giving me what I desire because he's a good papa. And he knows if he gives me it, I'm probably not ready for it. So he's going to wait till I get ready. But he's ready as a papa, just as the prodigal's father was ready to bless him. And so part of my, um, I had to start learning how to cope in healthy ways. And the foundation of that was unlearning the religious behavior um, and unlearning the un unhealthy, toxic ways and really replacing it with positive things. So, you know, no longer allowing, and again, allowing the wounds also, my wounds, I almost had to sit down one by one, you know, one was the one major one that kept me bound was lust. Just having so much because of being abused at a young age and sexually assaulted and molested. So that really, the enemy was able to use that hole, that wound and really be the precipice to inflicting me in so many other areas in my soul, which mind, will, emotions. And so unlearning religion, number one, was the foundation. And then number two, doing the work to really figure out, okay, what doors are still open and begin to close those doors because closed doors open doors in the realm of the spirit. And if we want to see the blessings that the Father has for us, we got we to gotta get those doors closed and these wounds healed so that we can get ready for the seasons that are, are waiting on us. Amen. I'm feeling the presence of God, <laughs> even as we go through this conversation. Um, that was so good. Um, I wonder for you, you kind of touched on it, but what was, for, for people that may be interested, um, what was that healing journey like for you? The raw the ugly, the beautiful, like what was that process like for you? I mean, it's, it's painful, right? Like what you just said, there's nothing pretty about inner healing because you have all of these toxic, unhealthy behaviors and thoughts. I mean, from, so rejection, you know, one of the things that happens is you get offended easy. So offense was really big in me. I mean, you say the wrong thing to me, I'm snapping. You know, like who she thinks she is, who she, you know, and God had to say, uh-uh, my, my, in my kingdom, son, Galatians 5, 22, it's the fruit that's going to be on this tree in this season 
is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, patience, and self-control. You're not long, you're no longer living by yay's flesh. That even went down to the, the things in, in, in lust and stop allowing myself to be filled with soul ties. I mean, this thing, it was like clustered in so many clusters. And so it's, it, it, here's, here's the thing I want people to know too. It was less about sin and more about, my, more about the roots because we focus on the fruits, but it's really the roots. You deal with the root causes of these things, you're, whether it's you're working with your client or you're dealing even with yourself. When we start dealing with the root of what you're looking for, the root of what I wanted was love and acceptance. But what the enemy was telling me was I was getting it into bed and I wasn't getting it into bed. I was only taking what I was exposed to at six and seven and taking my hands and putting it in that wound and stretching that wound wider, allowing more spirits to enter into my spirit. And I was walking around just, I mean, would sing, worship lead, preach right up in that church. And this is why I created my ministry in, in, in uh, Hill Prosper, because I, I, I said, God, I know what it feels like to be in church and be stuck. Here, you're, we're supposed to have the, the power, the liberating power of the Father and we're still stuck. And so this is where people leave the church and go to the new age because there's like, oh, I'm looking for answers or I'm going to the tarot, I'm going to this person and maybe I can just find the answers I'm looking for because I've been here and I've been trying it and it's not working. But a lot of times I always tell my client, a, a water bottle with holes, you can't hold anything. You, you, you might feel the presence of God and experience him at church but before you get home, pornography is right back in the room. Before you get home, the, the, the lies of fear and the imposter syndrome, you sit at the computer and all of a sudden you can't, you can't produce, you can't create, you can't develop because these things are draining out our ability to be who God's called us to be. The Bible says a woman with the issue of blood, she was hemorrhaging on the inside. And it wasn't just, a, the Bible speaks of it, it wasn't just a physical problem. But this also was a spiritual thing that was happening. But when she, when she began to activate and she, she had seen and heard, the Bible said, but she began to taste and see that the Father is able. She came in agreement, out of agreement mentally. There's a, something that happened. There's a mental shift that happens where we literally begin to shift out of the old mindset and we shift into, it's the same with poverty. You're never going to build wealth if you stay under that umbrella of fear. But when you start to say, no, like Thomas the Tank Engine, I think I can. Those affirmations, we're not just doing that with our clients to say, repeat after me. No, we're saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And then that I think I can turns into, I know I can, I know I can. And guess what? Before you know it, that I know I can becomes I can. I'm going to stop there because I feel the Holy Spirit on that. Because it's, it's so powerful, the connection of the brain with the tongue and the heart. You, you already know the science because you study these things. So I'll, I'll pause there. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So good. Yeah, I love the brain. I love all things the brain. Um, you know, I'm constantly trying to increase my knowledge of it because it's so, I mean, when the Lord talks about 
being transformed by the renewal of your mind. And you talked about going through the process of unlearning and what we don't realize in our childhood experiences, we have these core lies and these core beliefs because of the rejection or because of the things that we experience that we are conditioned to think about ourselves, right? We are conditioned to think about ourselves and in the brain, um, the newer pathway of the brain just automatically goes into the direction um, all the time. And so um, when what, what Yashan was saying, um, just being able to repeat these affirmation or repeating scripture that will help create new newer pathway, pathways to um, instead of automatically going to that negative core belief, we now start aligning with truth and aligning with scripture. I'm telling you, like, I've never... I think it, it hit me within the last month um, that this battle between the lie and truth or lies and truth, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's serious. You know, you, it's so can, serious. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, I just was going to jump in there. I mean, we see Adam, our, you know, our, our ancient fathers, Adam and Eve being deceived in the garden. And that's why I love John 8.32, because that revelation never came. But when John says, you shall know the truth, the opposite of the truth is a lie, and the truth will set you free, those lies create chains. And you don't even realize that until you try to go and do the thing you're trying to do, and then they show up. And then all of a sudden, I can't. Or all of a sudden, like, again, imposter syndrome, or all of a sudden, nobody's going to pay for this. Or all of a sudden, nobody's going nobody's gonna to show up. No, they are, because I'm called. I'm anointed. As you, I love that you said that. You're creating new neural pathways that are going to begin releasing the thing, the destiny, the purpose that the Father has in store for you. And so really coming out of agreement with those contracts, those lies, and, and looking them in the face and say, I was sharing with my partner the other day, when depression comes in the room, anxiety comes in the room, I know you're here, but you're no longer my story. I'm no longer allowing you to live. I'm no longer allowing you to tell me what to do. I'm no longer allowing you to tell me I can't get up off of this couch. In the name of Jesus, I'm getting up. Thank you, Father, that you, I'm loved. Whatever your affirmation is, put that worship on. Begin to t kick, that, kick, kick them lying spirits up out because that's what it looks like to literally in the practical renew your mind. It's not this deep oh, let me walk around just being deep and spiritual and try to be churchy. No, we're not talking about being churchy. We're talking about using your voice to declare what your father says about you. And when I had, I had bad anxiety when I moved here to New York and because of my ex-wife, she would threaten me, call the police on me for everything just because, you know, just unhealthy behaviors. And so I, I would just hear a police siren, Kanje, and I would run and put the pillows over my head and I would turn my music up as loud as I can. And that I could just feel the anxiety eating me on the inside. And when, when, when my coach started saying, she said, I want you to say some, this simple phrase every time you hear a police siren. Father, I thank you that I'm loved, I'm covered, I'm protected. And just keep repeating that over until you settle your spirit, until you begin to self-regulate and things begin to calm down internally. And so I just start, it's again, Thomas the Tank. It ain't going to be pretty. It ain't going to, you ain't even going to sometimes feel like it. But Father, I thank you that I, and to this day, I do that. 
Father, I thank you that 2 Timothy 1.8 says, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but you have given me power, love, and now that spirit don't have, don't have room in me because he already knows I have the authority of my Father's kingdom standing up and speaking inside of me. You know, it's like, it's, it's like the little kid on the playground, somebody's trying to bully him. He say, if you touch me, I'm going to tell my daddy. <laughs> That's how... And you know what I mean? I, I got bullied as a kid, too. But I remember thinking, like, wow, if I told my parent, my dad or my mom, they would tear this place apart. You know what I mean? And not just that, but I have my father living in my spirit, man. And so when I speak, I have the authority to speak to the stuff that's trying to speak back to me. And that's where I want people to understand that inner healing process is when you take your, vo your voice back and you begin this, when, you, when it comes in the room, lust used to come in the room uh, and, and just tell me all kind of things and then want me to do all kind of perverted thought things in my mind. And I would literally say, Father, I thank you that I don't no longer need a false love. I'm not looking for a fake love any longer because that was the root of the lie that, well, at least it's a form. At least you're getting something. No, I'm not even, no, I don't even need that. I want the real thing. I want my queen. I want my partner. And if that ain't it, Father, I don't want it. And so, again, what does it look like for us to take those thoughts captive and begin to rewire and create those new, uh, new neurological pathways? Yeah, amen. Now, you mentioned um, Papa. And, you know, now that you're a dad, um, you know, tell us a little bit about, um, I don't know if you have, I know you said you have a son in one of your videos. Um, what is it like, tell us a little bit about your son and what has it been like going through your healing journey um, and now being a father and working through um, some of the traumas um, that you've experienced? Yeah. So, you know, for me, it, 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 none of it has been pretty at all. I mean, it's, it's, just been, it's just been a process that I personally was willing to go on because I knew on the other side, all of these things the enemy was using as distractions to keep me from the life that God was calling me to live and the people he's called me to help. But I, I would say that me going, me being able to identify the real root cause causes of what I was dealing with in my soul and where I was leaking helped me to give really take take and give voice to what I was dealing with and that's helped me to be able to help my son in a way and love him in a way that where I didn't get the the affirmation where I didn't get you know um, I'm proud of you uh, where I didn't get where I didn't feel valued and, and protected by my dad and again secured in my identity you know I didn't I didn't get those things but now I'm able to be aware and say okay I, I need to make sure I give my son I need to make sure every time whether it's on phone or text son I love you I am proud of you you know he's he sometimes he's like dad I haven't even done anything and I'm like that's all and, and a big thing I try to remind him now is like, before you were my son, you were Abba's child and he loves you so much. And of course, you know, I love you. But my job now is to help point you to the to your heavenly father as you're 15 now. And as you're beginning to get your own relationship with him, um, to know that you are loved. Even his name is Emmanuel. And he's like, I know my name means God with us. I'm like, that's right. You know, I wanted you to have that name as an inheritance to be reminded that the Father is with you wherever you are. I don't care how bad it is. 
I don't care what the sin is, because that's just, again, those are just the, the fruits that the enemy is using to distract you from the life he's truly called you to live. So good. Um, do you see in him, um, because, you know, we talk about generational patterns. Um, do you see in him um, any patterns and how, when you do see it, like, how do you address it? So two patterns. One, he also was sexually assaulted by a family member. So that generational pattern has been in our family for a long time. And because of the trauma with his mother and I, for a long time, I just kind of removed myself. And so I had to forgive myself and not beat myself up because, you know, I tried to do the best that I could without subjecting him to more of the battle that I was having with her and you know, all those things. Um, and so that's one of the things that really hurt me that he, when he told me two Christmases ago, he said, dad, I haven't even shared this with anybody, not even including my mom, because you know how mom is. And so um, he has an awareness of where things are. And it just was great to have that conversation with him. Like, dad, you're not crazy. And I should have probably went with you when you told me to, because now everything you said, I've been exposed to. And so, again, that was really hard. But then the rejection component, him not feeling good enough. You know, he, um, he had called and said, Dad, um, I'm, I'm broke up with my girlfriend. I said, well, you know, she, she was a great girl. What, what happened? And uh, he was like, I just feel so ugly. I just feel like, you know, I, I just I don't feel strong. I don't feel like I des I'm deserving. And I said to him, I understand that these feelings, these emotions, these are signals, these are emotions, but they're not, they're not your truth. And you have to know that you can still feel what you feel, but how do we rewrap this? Okay. How do we really, and what's, what's really causing you to feel like this? Oh, I want to be stronger. I want to bench X amount on the weight like the other guys. Okay. Now we're actually getting somewhere. Okay. Oh, I've been bullied a couple of times. So it's wounded my care. It's wounded my spirit. And so, um, and then, I don't, I don't have you in the way that I want to have you to help me to work with these things. And then my mom says all kind of negative things. So again, all of this trauma. And so the way in which I have to speak to it is in the way that he allows me his son. Okay. How can we, how can we reframe these things? How can we not, how can we separate the emotions that are signaling us and ask ourselves, what is this actually telling me? And then how can you sit down with your paper and pen? And then write out what you're feeling. Um, I always tell him also, when, you can't, when you're struggling, just do a brain dump. Every thought, just get your list, and I do it too. Just dump your brain from every thought and then pick, pick the thing that is most important, whether it's your schoolwork or whether it's figuring out what emotionally is bothering you, and sit with that. And then, of course, I'm like, call me. Let's walk through it. Let's talk about it. Um, so, yeah, really, really being emotionally in tune in the way that my pops and my mom was not, you know, they just kind of like yelled or blow, blew it off. But actually being available to say, no, I love you. I'm here. I hear you. I see you. And we're, we're going to get through this. And it's not a matter of praying and trying to pray something away. No, we speak to these things. We rewire these things as we're talking. That's what it looks like to do the inner healing and renewing your mind is saying, I'm going to replace this old system with a better, better system. 
yeah, this old programming with, with, you know, the kingdom programming. Yeah. That's so good. Um, I want to touch on, I'm going to ask you one more question because I want you to get home. <laughs> um, how is, how is it, um, as it relates to like repairing rupture, you mentioned um, that you had to forgive yourself. Um, how was that process of repairing? I think repairing rupture is so, um, because as parents, we're not going to get it all right. You know, we're not going to be perfect. Um, but I always tell my parents, like, the way that you repair the rupture is so um, important and essential to the connection and the attachment between you and your child. So how do you um, repair or have repaired the rupture, um, you know, between you and him? I think it's, it's the same for me in any relationship. It's almost like my relationship with you, right? Is I said, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be here. I don't care. Again, I don't care if I'm out here laid out on this floor, right? Right beside this carousel moving. I'm going to be here because I, I, if we say we truly care, then it's, it's going to look, love, love looks like time. Love looks like energy. And so being intentional to say like, Hey, I don't have all the answers. And if I don't, I'm going to call, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call somebody else. I'm going to figure it out. But I love you enough to sit and, and, and have the have hard conversations. You know, having that hard conversation with him telling me that I was sexually abused by my family member, that was a hard conversation. And I wanted to cry and I wanted to beat myself up. And even when I got back to my Airbnb, I just wanted to like, I just wanted, I didn't even, in that moment, it was like voices telling me, you should just not even live any longer. Voices of suicide and lies of the enemy. And I had to shake myself and rebuke those lies because I said, I, I did my best to be there in the way that his mother would allow me to. And she, for a long time, and I, I had to realize I'm not blaming anybody, but at the end of the day, I was pushed away. And so he knows that now and he's, he's aware. And that made me feel better that he said, dad, I, I totally get it. And I don't blame you. And, you know, I, I, I was mad at you because I didn't understand him. So many lies were being spoken, but, and so having those intentional raw conversations, because again, whether it's in a context of a marriage or a couple, if you're willing to, to really unpack the wounds and the trauma, then you can do the, re, the repacking, the, re, the rewiring, the reframing, the re, that's the restoration, right? That's when you begin to start speaking to the things that have been speaking to you and so now I can, again, sit with him and say, okay, how can we start? And of course, therapy is important because talk therapy, if you've never sat and just talked, you need to talk. You need to hear yourself releasing what you've never been able to release before. And uh, there's a strength in that. And then you can go into other things like CBT and other, uh, other modalities. And then once you've been able to do some of that, then you can get you a coach and figure out what it looks like to live the life you want on that side. And so there's just so many angles, but when, when we get, when we're real with ourselves, and we pull that kind of, if you grew up in church like me, pull that church mask off. And if, even if you didn't grow up in church, pull the mask off that you've been living under because we all have one on and, but underneath all of that hurt, some, some of our mask is anger because we, we have no one to talk about. Some of it is just, we're, it's just sadness. It's just so many different, but whatever that is, if we're able to be real and just say, okay, God, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to embrace your love as my dad. I'm going to invite you to help me to come in and learn how to be better so I can be a better parent. 
I can be a better wife. I can be, I can be better for myself. You know, I can love me better. I, I had, I, as I said, I had to forgive me. And now I've, I'm intentional every Tuesday. My clients know that's my love day. That's my day. I don't care if I'm going to eat a whole box of pizza, Kanji, I'm going to do it. And it's it, because that's my day to remind myself that Abba loves me so much that he wants me to take time intentionally not to work, not to do anything but what I want to do. I love that. My love day. <laughs> I'm going to take that. I'm taking that. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Taken. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Thank you so much for um, just this vibrant conversation around rejection and how it impacts us as as adults and um, you now as a parent. Um, I wanted to know if there was anybody on the live that may have had a question about something that Yashawn might have said. Um, yeah, and you want Yeah. Do you want to just type it in the chat? We'll just give you guys a few seconds to do so. I think we still have a Kayla and Sandra and um, Bayesian. I can't, you're you on mute. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, uh, it, definitely, we said a lot, I know, but if you guys have some questions, don't be shy. Jump in there. Yeah. We'd, love to, we'd love to share. Okay, well, I guess you, you know, you did a thorough awesome. job. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, I would uh, love if you could pray us out and maybe absolutely. just pray for, um, you know, parents who are still kind of on the fence, maybe scared yeah. of unpacking, um, yeah. you know, their childhood trauma. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's do it. Y'all excuse the, the carousel again. Um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for, I thank you for the, the, this this conversation, just this um, dialogue around rejection and becoming healthy, happy, whole, so that we can be better parents. Um, primarily, is the work that you've called Kanjay to do, and I just thank you for the parents that are going to come to her, that are going to come um, to learn and to become better in the areas that they need to. And Father, thank you for the future dads and the future moms that will hear this live, whether uh, tonight or, or the in the weeks to come. Um, Father, I just pray for those who are still battling through the rejection wounds um, the, 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 that, that were caused by the parents of origin or whoever their uh, parental guardians were. Father, would you, Holy Spirit, enter the, those wounds and that wound primarily. And would you begin to speak your truth to those lies that have been in there and began to reframe, rewire, and create those new uh, neurological pathways that will set your children free. So we love you. We honor you. Thank you for Kanji's. Yes. Thank you for um, allowing me to be in this room tonight and doing kingdom and helping somebody turn the lights on. Um, we just, I just thank you for your sweet 
your sweet spirit and your presence that I just feel even in this airport that you mm. you're 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 doing something in the realm of the spirit lights are being turned on light bulbs are going off revelation is happening and you're helping your children to get free and break the chains that have long held us bound so we just love you we honor you and we give you all the glory papa in Jesus name amen amen Amen. 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 <laughs> uh, I don't know if you have a few seconds. We did get a question. Okay. Yeah, Thank you so much it. for praying. And yeah. I, God's presence was definitely here. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I'm like, what is this breeze? This breeze just blowing. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Amen. So, uh, Kayla Speaks says, In what ways are you like your parents? That was the first part of the question. The second part yeah. is, how have you navigated it changing the behaviors? Yeah, so I think that's one of the things, like, I always try to say, man, God, help me to take the meat and throw away the bones. Um, mm -hmm. my, so in the positive sense, my both parents were very uh, leadership-oriented. Dad was a pastor. Mom was an entrepreneur mm -hmm. um, and a leader as well. And so I get that that part from them. But then... I was very self self righteous because of religion, and so there was a way in which and and also we lived in a pretty decent neighborhood in our city, so there was a way in which that kind of separation from my people almost developed that spirit of religion, right, like the elder brother in Luke fifteen, where he's like, "How dare you give him all this stuff he been I've been up in here, and he's been gone doing all that." And so I kind of had that self-righteousness and, and I really had to look myself in the mirror and I thank God really, I thank God for when he moved me to New York and I got in my church because it was so different from the traditional black church that I grew up in. And it helped me to see people from so, uh, uh, all different walks of life and that helped me to love people better. It helped me, I, you know, there was a guy um, that was was trans and he would serve every Sunday. His name name is Debbie. And me and Debbie would talk every single Sunday. And I was like, wow, God, you love people so much that you will just literally meet them where you are and you'll work with them where they are in their journey and in their process. But God really used that to soften my heart for, for his people. And so when, when you're unlearning unhealthy patterns, whether it's religion or any, or anger or um, fear or anxiety, you, you, have to, you have to work to, again, reframe, okay, I don't want to actually operate like this any longer. I don't want to speak like this. I don't want to talk like that. I don't want to think I know everything. You know, I don't want to think I'm better than someone who doesn't know Papa or doesn't know God. Maybe, maybe they're wherever they are in their journey, they are. And that's okay, because this is not about doing it. This is about being. You know? I can't hear you. Yes, thank you so there much. You <laughs> thank you so much. Um, but I think you, you answered both questions um, yes. real quick. Can you explain a little bit um, about reframing? You've mentioned reframing several times. Um, yeah. Can you give them that might be interested in like an actual yeah. example of what that looks like for you? 
Yeah. So again, for me, um, just with the, I always use that with the hearing the police siren because that was probably one of the more pronounced things. But again, and then all the stress neurons are moving in my in my brain, mm -hmm. and my my little amygdala is like going crazy. And yes, sir. I'm just like, yeah, and I'm just like freaking out. I'm my heart is racing. Like I'm just like, you know. And so what I had to do was literally realize, okay, the lie here is I'm going to jail. That's what I hear. Right? When I the signal gives you data and the data is I'm feeling this because of, right? And so my because of I, I'm I'm feeling anxious because I feel like every time I hear one, someone's coming to get me because that's what my son's mom kept threatening and taunting me with. And so that seed was sown. And so you have to really ask yourself, okay, I'm feeling imposter syndrome. I'm feeling um, like I can't show up in the way. I, where did this start for me? Did I, was there a time where I went to my mom and I was so excited and she didn't, she pushed me away and rejected me? Was there a time I needed my dad and he, he was he was absent and I felt abandoned? And so now I'm feeling that I still have that. Okay, so now I have to do what I had to do with this police siren. I had to say back to back to back, Father, I thank you that I'm so loved by you. I'm not going to get taken in by a police officer. I'm not. Nobody is coming to get me. I didn't do anything wrong. You love me and you're protecting me. And I would just say those things over and over until that, until that spirit of anxiety would leave the house. And sometimes you have to get up and put on your worship. Sometimes, I mean, you have to come from different angles and saturate the atmosphere. I play, I love, I play the mess out of Jaira. I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. You know, I think we all do, right? <laughs> but that's just such a powerful affirmation to be reminded that, no, I'm not in a field or a, a busy highway ready to be destroyed and something bad is going to happen to me. No, I'm actually covered by the love of my father. My dad didn't know how to do that. My mom didn't know how to do that. But Abba, I'm thankful that you do. And you also send me people. You send me community that can love on me and cover me and pray for me. And so there's so many, so many defenses that we have and we can tap into. Amen. So good. So good. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I yeah. still can't believe that you sat on this floor for a whole hour. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I'm sure everybody um, was blessed and grateful yes. for you being here. Um, Akela, I hope that um, your question was answered. Thank you for being Man. here. Thank you and, guys uh, for showing up. Yes, thank you guys for showing up. And we just bless you. We pray that God yes. bless your, um, your coaching business. And yes. um, you guys, can you tell them where they can find you? Yes, uh, you guys can find me on uh, Instagram at Yashawn Speaks. So that's Y-E-S-H-A-U-N Speaks. And um, yeah, my website is there um all my all my stuff is there in the you click on the link in the bio and um i'm no longer accepting clients for the destiny jumpstart which is my inner healing deliverance program but i'm training up coaches and i'm excited about this new uh territory and space because i believe we're going to take more ground 
as we're building more coaches mm -hmm. and I, I'll actually be able to help more people as we have more coaches. And so um, I'm excited.